This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. You know, Courtney already mentioned it, but man, a special welcome to the dads out there. Happy Father's Day. You know, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to welcome everyone tuning in from literally all around the world. You know, God has been very faithful to Life Church. You know, and he's been faithful to me and Anna. And I know many of you watching right now, he's been very faithful to you. And I think he's been faithful because we've made him a priority in our life. And he's he's not an afterthought. Jesus is, is in the forefront of everything that we do. And we've given our life, our will. We've said, God, not my will, but your will. And so I just want to just say that uh, for those of you who have, uh, who have struggled with that, who have said, God, I still want to hold on to, uh, to, to all of this that I've done with my hands, I just, I just, my prayer for you is to let go. Maybe even stand in a posture like this where you let God put something in your heart, into your life, but then you're also able to let go of things in your own life. And I think we've made him a priority because we give. We give and we're generous. And so I think he's faithful because we don't even hold on to our, to our own resources. And so I wanna challenge you, if you've never given to the kingdom or to a local church, I just wanna, I wanna challenge you, try it. Try it and see what God does in your life and see what he releases in your life. And I believe that you know, when you sow into, into a local church, it's not in vain, especially if it's good soil. And I believe life church is good soil. And that's why Anna and I choose to give here. And so I just wanna encourage you, try it. See what God does in your life if you're able to give. And you can give securely, digitally right now. Just go to our website, lifechurchnow.org and forward slash give, and you can give there. And thank you so much for all of those who continue to be generous and to continue to give to this local church. Thank you for your generosity. It's been very amazing. So next week, Pastor Rich will be back. In fact, he's gonna continue the series, Follow Me. But today we're gonna to talk about something that I believe we all struggle with and, and either have struggled with or maybe even currently are struggling with. And as you can see by the title that we have here, The Road of Damascus, I'm, I'm doing a little play on words, okay? And I'm also uh, gonna take some creative freedom here as we work through this message Um, But we're going to be talking about the different masks that we wear, some of the ones that we're aware of and other ones that we're not aware of. And so what happens to those masks when we encounter Jesus? That's what we're going to talk about today. So let me ask you this. What comes to mind when you think of masks? All right? So right there, say it out loud. If you're sitting in your living room right now, sitting in your favorite chair, or if you're at work, or you're sitting at, you know, wherever you're at, a coffee shop, just say out loud, what do you think of when you're thinking of the word mask? Some of you may be, like, we have several people that watch from the University of Iowa's hospital and clinics. They watch each week, and maybe you're thinking of this. You got your shield, you got your face mask. This is my daughter here wearing uh, mom's uh, getup here. But you may be there at the hospital uh, watching (laughs) with your mask on. And so this is maybe what you think of. You think about this this, this getup, the the face shield and the mask. But what about, uh, uh, let me just ask this. Let me ask this question. How many of you, and you can do a raise of hands right where you're at, knew what an N95 mask was before this pandemic? I didn't, so I can't raise my hand. I heard about what an N95 mask after this, and I think now it has become a household name, right? 
<laughs> Maybe you're a tradesman and you, you work and you need a protective mask like this welder right here. He uses a mask to, as protection. Maybe you're a sports fanatic and you're thinking of hockey or baseball. They certainly wear masks. And so here it is right there, right? And obviously you don't want a fastball or a hockey puck coming into your grill. Maybe some of you, so, so, so either the medical or the construction or the sports right here, these are all protective masks. They protect you, right? Ladies, we haven't, we've been thinking about you too, and so maybe you're thinking about this type of mask. We got our mud mask, right? But you're not the only ones. You're not the only ones that do it. Who else gets mud mask? Yeah, so guys, we know, we know you. We know you by name. You're getting the mud mask on, we know. Some of you may have thought about Halloween. Now, Halloween is interesting because uh, I did a little search for a Halloween, a non-scary Halloween mask. That's an oxymoron because I couldn't find one. I had to dig down, dig down into the pages in order to find this one. And I don't know even if this is a non-scary mask because it's it's, it's, it's pretty sketchy right here. Maybe you were thinking of a superhero. How many were thinking of Black Panther? He's got a, black, he's got a mask on, right? What's the next one here? All right, Captain America, Captain Marvel. They're all wearing masks. Now, these masks are a disguise, right? These masks are the things that uh, you don't want people to know your identity. These things are gonna conceal you. And so the purpose of these masks are to help hide your identity, okay? You're not supposed to know the people behind the mask. So I'm sure this has happened to you over the last couple months. It's certainly happened to me over, gosh, the last couple weeks especially. But I'll go out to the store and then I'll look over and I'll think, man, they look familiar, but I'm not quite sure because they have a mask on, I'm not sure. Then I look away and then I can kind of feel them looking at me and they're trying to figure out, do I know that guy? So the other day, I was in the, certainly, I was in the, uh, I was in the parking lot and sure enough, I look over, somebody's looking at me, I kind of peer up, then I look away, I'm like, no, and then I look back and I pull my mask down and sure enough, we knew each other. The mask itself conceals, it disguises, the mask protects us. But what about about the masks that you don't see, these invisible masks? Well, that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna spend more of our time on the invisible masks that we hide behind. So to help illustrate the masks masks that we don't see, I wanna turn to the performing arts. And you know, if, you're, if you've ever taken an acting class, you know the premise behind acting, right? Actors are known for how well they, they pretend to be someone or something else. Some may wear masks or costumes like those we saw in the superhero pictures, but their skill is gauged on how well they portray the whole character. They have to convince the audience, right? They have to convince us that they, uh, that they are this character and that uh, what they're depicting is, 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 is accurate. So this could certainly be physical changes, but it's mostly based on how they capture the essence of the person, the characteristics, the personality. So likewise, we can put on a figurative mask in our own life and we become characters in our own story. Now, let me just say this. I don't believe all masks are innately bad, okay? 
so, and I know that there's a lot of times, so it, a lot of people say, oh, you know, they're trying to hide this, uh, this deep, dark secret, or they're trying to hide this, this, huge, this huge wound in their life. I don't believe they're innately bad necessarily, or, or people that, that, that wear these invisible masks are, 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 are trying to hide some kind of a secret. But the masks that we're talking about today are easy, are easy to kind of, uh, uh, to become invisible to. Easy to hide behind, okay? And scripture uses another word for mask, and that word is veil. And at times, I'll use these two words, mask and veil, interchangeably. So just follow along a little bit, okay? So here are a few uses of the word veil found in scripture. One use is meant to describe a cloth or a linen that covers the face as, uh, to, to, uh, for the, the purpose of modesty, and you, you've seen this before. In fact, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a, a, a fantastic uh, Muslim community here. And, and a lot of the women will wear a version of that today. But it's for modesty, right? And so, and if you've been into a wedding any time uh, <laughs> in the last hundred years, <laughs> the tradition for the Western uh, ceremonies is that the bride comes down with a veil on her face, and then when she comes down to, the, uh, to the, uh, the end of the aisle, what happens typically or traditionally, the father will raise the veil, for signifying there's a change of one family or one union to the next, to the new union or to a new family. And so we see these veils used that are, we're talking about in scripture, we also see them used in our life today. Well, there's a second use of the word veil, and that's what we're going to talk about right now. And it's found in the tabernacle of the Old Testament. In the tabernacle, there were three distinct areas. There's the outer court, there was the holy place in the center, and then there was the holy of holies, okay? Each of these areas served very specific needs, okay? And we don't have time today to kind of talk about the significance of all of the elements that were in the tabernacle. But what I want to focus in on is one piece, and that is the veil, so let's look at Matthew 27, uh, verse 46 for the significance of that. And let me just give you some context here. This was the last few moments of Christ's life. He was on the cross, and these are the words that he spoke. He says this, he says, At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Going to verse 50. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. At that moment, the veil in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So here's that word veil right there. So the veil that Matthew is referring to separated the holy place from the holy of holies. It was a piece of material that, w- that cut off access to God and separated those who were clean from the unclean. The priests were the only ones that could go into the holy place and only the high priest could go into the holy of holies. And that was only on one day in the day of atonement. But Jesus's death in that moment that Matthew was referring to was the atonement for all, for all of our sins, for for everyone. The veil was removed in that moment. That barrier, that veil, was taken out. We are no longer separated from a heavenly father. When he died, there was no longer a need for animal sacrifice. There was no longer a need for a priest to go and offer uh, these blood sacrifices to, to, for us to be in right standing with him. 
Jesus himself became the great high priest and was the purest of all sacrifice. In fact, look at this. His death allowed us full access to the presence of God. Let me say that again. His death allowed us full access to the presence of God. Still, many of us believers and those who don't believe are not completely free. We have put on these self-imposed veils, these masks, right? And it has caused a barrier between each other and in some cases, a separation between us and the Father. You know, I know many of us have been emotionally hurt. You've been physically hurt. And so we put on these masks as protection to, to guard us, right? We put these barrier, barriers in place because you think in your hell, you said, if they see what I've done or if they've seen what's been done to me, how would they accept me? I will not be accepted. And so like actors pretending, we live behind these masks of pretense. We, we, we want to put up a front for those so that we can, and, and it puts up a false sense of who we are. We put up a fake sense of who we're, we, we show off this version of ourselves that's not real. But deep down inside, it's not who we truly are. Some of you may be like, ah, I'm not sure if I believe that, but I just, just open up one of your social media apps right now. It's inundated with people who are living this false self they're living a picture of what they want to be, but it's not truly what their life is and they're broken inside. Not all, but many. So what are these individual masks that we're talking about? So I, I brought a few here. I've got a few here that uh, I, I, we're not going to talk about them all. I've got like, what, 24 of them here, but uh, I wrote some down on these masks that we're talking about. What about this one? What about the mask of self-doubt? What about this one, that you don't believe in your own ability? What about this one? The bully mask. You intimidate those who are most vulnerable. This one, it's a tough one. What about the mask of control? You have to engage and take command of every situation. This one may be a little harder to wrap your head around, but what about the humorist? Those who, those who have to make a, a, a very serious situation funny because they can't handle the deep struggles. And, and honestly, this is probably one of the ones that I've struggled with in my life. All the pain and, and some of the circumstances have caused me to put up a little barrier, put up a mask of, of well, if I make it light and funny, then I don't have to deal with that. This one's probably a little heavier, but many of us, too many of us have had to deal with this one. The father wouldn't mask. And this one kind of rocks me to the core as we deal with a lot of the stuff that is happening right now. What about the racist mask? I got several more. There's pride, vanity, overachiever, people pleasing so what mask are you hiding behind 
What is your specific mix of masks that you have taken uh, and put in place so that people don't see your true self? And so I'm gonna ask you to be brave. And you don't have to, obviously, but maybe there's something that I didn't mention that you can comment right now. Put it in the chat. Just let them know, like, oh, this is, the, this, is the, this is a mask that I think people put up. This is what I think people hide behind. If you would, just put it right there in the chat window as we're, as we're moving forward. You know, so a lot of people have allowed these masks to define who we are. But I'm gonna show you some people in scripture. I'm gonna show you some stories in the New Testament where I believe people overcame and that was the beginning of their story. That was not the end of their story. So let's just jump in. Uh, let me talk about the, the Samaritan woman at the well. I've spent, uh, in one of my previous messages, I spent a lot of time talking about the Samaritan woman and the significance of that story. And so I don't have time to do that today, but I wanna just briefly kind of talk about that situation. And so in John 4, there is a woman from Samaria. Jesus makes a beeline through Samaria to meet specifically with this woman. And so this lady who comes to get some water from the well comes at a time where there's no one else because she's at the bottom of the social class in, her, in, in that culture and in that time. She had already had some relationships that were not, uh, were not good. So she was living a sinful life. And Jesus makes a beeline to have that conversation with her and meet her at the well. And he offers her not this, this, the, the, the water that she was seeking for thirst. He offers her himself, this living water. And so I believe she wore a mask of worthlessness. But then Jesus showed her how worthy she was. There's another story of a man who was uh, born blind. And I love this interaction in John 9 where there's a power, uh, the disciples are questioning Jesus. Jesus, why was this boy, was this, boy uh, this man born with, with blindness? Was it because of his sin? Was it because of his parents' sin? And I believe this man probably had a mask where he wore this mask of infirmity. This is, what I, this is my lot in life. But Jesus showed him a God who heals and, a, and that he could be an example of God's miracle working power. There was a woman in John 8 who was caught in the act of adultery. So those Jewish leaders and those Jewish teachers brought her in front of Jesus and says, um, uh, the law of Moses says that we should stone her. And the truth is, the Pharisees were correct. That's what the law said. If she was in an adulterous affair or adulterous relationship, that she could be stoned. But then Jesus steps out and says, those of you who have not committed to sin, you throw the first stone. And so I believe she wore a mask of sinfulness and shame, but Jesus showed this woman forgiveness. My final example is Jesus and Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, you know, it tells us a story of this chief tax collector, Zacchaeus. I mean, he was hated by everyone, mostly because he cheated people out of their money. And so he wore this mask of arrogance and he was a deceiver. But Jesus went to his house and showed him mercy and offered him salvation to him and his whole household. I mean, there's several examples. Women with the issue of blood, Jairus' daughter, the boy uh, with the loaves and the fishes, the blind Bartimaeus, woman healed uh, on the Sabbath, the paralyzed man. Story after story, encounter after encounter. 
So all of these interactions with Jesus leads me to my first takeaway here, and this is it. A personal encounter with Jesus will reveal your true self. A personal encounter with Jesus will reveal our true self. You know, all of these examples that I shared with you are interactions with people that had a face-to-face meeting with Jesus. But even after his resurrection, he came back for about 40 days, the scriptures say, and interacted with the disciples and, and many others. But what, once he ascended, where does that leave us? Do we still have those interactions? Can we still have those encounters? Well, I have some good news. After Jesus left the building, he comes on the scene one more time to speak to someone directly. And I believe that is a great example for you and I because he's still here today. He's still listening and he still is speaking. So let's dive into the story in Acts 9. We're gonna start with verse one. It says, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation, the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem Jerusalem in chains. Now, Saul, many of you know, was a Greek-speaking Jew. And he was a Pharisee who kept the traditions or the law of the Jews. It involved traveling from synagogue to synagogue, urging those to punish any of those who accepted Jesus as the Messiah. So you can see Paul here, he's wearing a mask of self-righteousness. He's wearing a mask of of a religious zealot. And he was feared among all of Christians because of the persecution that he was bringing to them, murdering them, killing them. Let's go to verse three real quick. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. So I'm not going to, um, oh yeah. The men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but then he opened his eyes and he was blind. So the, where I was going to go with this, I'm not going to read the whole encounter because there's a lot more verses here, but I'm going to, I'm going to jump to verse 17. But basically Jesus tells Ananias that he has to encounter Saul and go tell him about his freedom. And of course, Saul's reputation precedes him. Ananias is not comfortable with this. But Jesus tells him, go do it. And so here's where we pick it up. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then instantly something like scales fell from the Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. So like Saul, not only can you see your true self, but look here, a personal encounter with Jesus will give you a new perspective. Saul got new sight. The scales fell off and he got a new perspective. 
he no longer had to wear the old masks of, this, of being a religious zealot, of being a murderer, of, of being one who had to you know, uh, uh, make sure to you know, uh, take care of the law and be that, uh, that officer of the law. He could see that how God sees him and not how he could see himself. Of course, many of you know that Saul becomes the apostle Paul and goes from arresting and killing Christians to becoming arguably the, arguably the most influential leader in Christendom. So here's what I wanna tell you. If he can do it for someone like Paul, he can do it for you. He can do it for me. So we've already talked about two uses of the, of, of the word veil in scripture. And, but there's one more that I want to just uh, address real quick. So we've talked about the face covering. We talked about the veil that separates the, the place between the, the holy place and the holy of holies. The final veil is found in 2 Corinthians. And it says this, we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. So let me quickly say what this veil meant. This veil is when uh, Moses was up on the mountain with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. And because of him being in the presence of the Lord, he, he, he received this radiance of, of glory. And so when he came down the mountain, the people were afraid. And so he had to cover himself because of, of, of how the people were reacting. So let's go on to verse 14. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Let me say that again. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed, I'm calling it demasking, that those are my words, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. God is all about the demasking. He's all about the unveiling, taking the veil off of us. He wants us to see the end of a worldly vision and turn our eyes from my way of doing things to his way of doing things. When we turn our hearts to Jesus Christ, the old way, the old way of doing things, the old covenant is made new and the veil, the mask is lifted or taken away. So not only is our true self revealed and you gain a new perspective, so a personal encounter with Jesus will change us into his image, to the image of God. So what then is the result of this demasking, this demasking? The result is transformation. So let's go back to uh, verse 18 in, Corinthians, uh, in first, 2 Corinthians 3. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, look at this, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. 
When we encounter Jesus, our true self is revealed. We gain a new perspective and we are changed into his image. You know, I entitled, I entitled this message Road of Damascus because the truth is, is that we're all on a journey. This is a process. Demasking doesn't always happen overnight or we don't ever always have the same example of, of what Paul kind of experienced. Sometimes it takes a minute. Sometimes it takes us a minute to see. Sometimes we have to experience some stuff before we're able to let go. One of my favorite life church values is this, authenticity. And we say this, telling the truth allows us and the people we're in relationship with to experience freedom and growth. We reveal who we are, what we love, and what we struggle with, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we allow God to shape and change us from there. So I want to do something today. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to pray. Let me say it again. I want to encourage you to pray. Pray that and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal anything that could be a potential veil or a mask in your life. I mean, you may need to dig deep. You may need to look pretty hard and and pretty introspectively to see this and ask if there's anything that has separated you from, from Jesus. Do you know him? Have you encountered him like so many that we we talked about today? And are you reflecting the glory of the Lord? I mean, you may need to ask a trusted friend to say, hey, listen, I may have some blinders on. I may not be able to see, but is there something that I'm missing? Is there something in my life that I've been hiding behind? I believe God wants his kids, that's us, to flourish. He wants us whole spirit, mind, and soul. He wants us healthy. And I don't believe that that, there's room for pretending anymore. I don't believe that there's room for acting in our life and putting up these masks of things and these falsities, basically, that that we're truly not. We have full access to Jesus because he alone removed the veil. I wanna pray with you. And I wanna believe God that God will move in your life and that you will begin to take these filters off and that you'll begin to see. Maybe the scales can fall off your eyes today. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that God, when we call out your name, you hear us when we pray. And so Father, as we walk through a lot of these uh, different masks that we have been challenged with, God, I pray that if there was something that was said or done, maybe it was a visual that kind of sparked a thought. God, I pray that you just dig deep, that God, you reveal to us through your word. You reveal through, uh, to us through your son, Jesus, and you reveal to us through the Holy Spirit what it is that we need to change what scales need to fall off of our eyes? What masks that do we need to pull off? What are the things that have been hide, what have, that we have been hiding behind to not tro, show our true authentic self? Father, I just pray right now for those who are struggling to let go. God, I pray that you release them and release your love 
to fill those voids, for those who have walked through so much pain, for those who have struggled to see, God, your goodness and your love. God, I pray that those masks can be removed to see you in your true light, to see you in your true goodness. God, bring peace to their hearts right now. And Father, I just pray that they allow you in. For those who don't know you, God, let them uh, 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 turn their eyes to you. God, you said the veil can be removed and it only happens by turning our hearts to you. And so Father, I pray for those who don't know you, God, that they will turn their, their eyes and their hearts to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.